It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. If anybody in their right mind is worried about Jalen Brunson translating the next level, then they didn't watch him play. I believe their team is destiny, man. I really do not think that they're going to be denied. Whether it's the fight Bills, the Birds, the Fly Guys, the Process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. Stop feeding John me to car bombs. Run the ball, control the clock, don't do anything stupid. And John Mita. Kids out there, make sure you practice your free throws. Dear God, give me an interview with the Eagles scouting department. I know I can do better. What's up, SoundCloud? What is up, iTunes? It is the one and only brotherly love podcast except no imitations joe o'donnell and john meet with you johnny meets what's going on my man ah, what do you mean what's going on never <laughs> good coming off the laws man anger anger yeah all right well let's jump right into it we've got a short a shorter edition of the brotherly love podcast we're going to get right after we're going to spit some fire and we're going to move on no we're not going to talk Stanley Cup. No, we're not going to talk NBA. No, we're going to talk Major League Baseball. Uh, Ma- Major League Baseball playoffs. It ain't happening. It's straight nah. NFL. It's straight birds. And then John Mead has got an epic rant. He needs to get something off his chest. So that's what's in store for you on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you're a hater, take a hike. All right, Johnny Mita. Eagles are two and two. Uh, another uninspiring performance away from Lincoln Financial Field. They lose in overtime to the Tennessee Titans, 26-23, down in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. For a minute, looked like the game was going to go the way of the Eagles. That early score in the second half, they go up two touchdowns. I'm thinking 46-3 route. This one's in the books. Crack some more Bud Lights and enjoy a W. Didn't happen. Eagles are 2-2, two and two, quarter point of the season. Let's get right into it. The three biggest areas of concern, the three biggest issues to get cleaned up if this team's got a shot, what are they? Well, I mean, you got to look at number one, uh, the secondary, and that is the most glaring issue. I mean, the loss of Ronnie McLeod, I think we all saw it on Sunday, that it's, it's, it's a big loss back there when you don't have that safety kind of mass some of the mistakes by the corners. You look at the corners, Jalen Mills. The guy's just giving a big play after big play. I mean, how many times are we going to trot somebody out there and let them give up a 50-yard play that leads to eventual touchdown? It's ridiculous. Listen, I respect Jim Schwartz. I know he's got confidence in the kid. I know that Jalen Mills, you know, he doesn't lack confidence. But if you're getting burned on double moves time after time, you're getting burned. So what does that tell me? It's time to take the reins off of Sidney Jones and plug him in Jalen Mills' spot. I don't care if you move Jalen Mills to the safety. I'd like to see Rasul Douglas. Maybe you move Darby to the slot. And Ronald Darby, can we start there? I haven't seen tackling like that since the days of Bobby Taylor and Deion Sanders. Listen, my whoa, brother. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How right. about Asante Samuel? Well, How about your boy long. Namdi? Oh, Namdi. Oh, yeah. All, and well, who was your other guy? Uh, not uh, Bradley Fletcher. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm no. sorry, not Bradley. Gary I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> Gary Williams. Gary Williams. Uh, oh. Williams might be a better tackler than Ron, Ronald Darby that's right now. That's saying something. So that's not, that is saying something. Uh, my guy, Ronald Darby, you're in a contract here. You want to get paid, 
get up there and hit somebody. So number one for me, secondary. Okay? The goal moments, it, the defense and coordinate. Jim Schwartz got to switch it up, man. He's got to do something. You know, his front four doesn't get home. Disguise some blitzes. Come with something different. But they are getting torched. And now John DeFlippo is coming in town with the Minnesota offense and Kirk Cousins. You like that? I can't wait till we smash his face in the ground. Um, so, so Jim Schwartz, he's got to change some things up. And I think the third thing that was very alarming is the fact that our offensive line hasn't looked great, okay? Tennessee has decent, a very above-average defense or a slightly above-average defense. You know, Indianapolis defense, not that great. But they gave up nine sacks in two games. Lane Johnson looked like a rookie going against a rookie. Harold Landry, that looked terrible. Jason Peters, we don't know how much left in the tank he has. That is troubling. And it's just, and the other thing is, too, and this is just going to my last point, so, okay, Doug Peterson, listen, Dougie, didn't we learn our lesson last year when we didn't run the ball against the Kansas City Chiefs in week two? What happened? We lost the football game. Then what happened? Long weekend, San Diego, you made a commitment to the run. What happened? Won the football game. All right? You can't drop your just coming off major knee surgery quarterback and you can't drop him back there 59 times. So clean those things up. There's no place like home. There's no way that we shouldn't beat the Minnesota Vikings. But you also have to remember, this team's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, considering their record right now, and due to the fact that the revenge factor after we embarrassed them last December or January. Yeah, January. Um, you bring up an interesting point with the Flippo. Hopefully he tries to outthink himself, outcoach the planet, and maybe gets a little too cute. But I'm with you on all three points. And your third one leads me right into my first concern, and that's the run, pass, and balance. 50 passes, 22 runs for the Eagles last Sunday in the loss of the Titans. Okay? And let's keep in mind, the Birds had a two-touchdown lead at one point in the second half. When the Eagles have been successful the last couple years, they run the ball. They run the clock out. They drain the opposing defense with long drives in the fourth quarter. That's been their MO, their recipe for success. For whatever reason, didn't see it Sunday. The offensive line, you hit on it. Uh, this is all in number one for me of the three concerns. So the run, pass, and balance, that comes to coaching. The offensive line, the lack of communication there, the way they're not picking up some of these stunts and blitzes, that goes to me coaching, all right? At the end of the day, the players need to execute. But let's coach these guys up. What's going on right now on the sidelines in between drives at halftime? Eagles last year, such a good team in the second half, making adjustments when they didn't have a good first half. Haven't seen a lot of that so far through four weeks. Number two for me, sloppy execution, okay? One week, it's penalties, an ungodly amount. Sunday in Nashville, it was the drops. Everybody had them. I mean, let's play better football. Let's execute. Be ready. Be focused, all right? That's what this game is all about, the details of the game. We've said it a million times on the Brotherly Love podcast. One or two plays is a difference in the National Football League. It is hard to win in the NFL. Shoot yourself in the foot, you're 5-11. and 11. Make plays, make the opponent feel pressure to make plays, you're 11-5. and five. It's literally the difference between having a garbage grease fire season and a playoff berth. So execution's got to be more spot on. Clean up the penalties, stop with the turnovers, and catch the damn football when it comes your way. Pick up your assignments blocking all the fundamentals. I don't know if this team has a hangover. I don't know if they thought it was going to be easy this year. I don't know. 
And I'm not ready to push the panic button yet because it's only four weeks. December, January, we might be laughing about the loss to the Titans, but right now it hasn't been a lot of fun through four weeks. Even the two wins were ugly ones. And then lastly for me, the lack of urgency and emotion. Teams are gunning for the birds. This is no secret. Where's the passion? Where's the fire? Where are the big hits on defense? Where's some of that flair we saw from last year's team? I don't see it. So the run pass and balance, some of the coaching issues with the offensive line, the sloppy execution, penalties, drops, whatever you want to call it, it's number two. And number three for me, that lack of what we saw last year, which was the chemistry and the fire and what made this team so special as they were blowing everybody out through a large stretch of the regular season. And I'll throw an asterisk in there, John Mita. The road game struggles. When was the, outside of you know the Chargers game? When was uh, excuse me the Rams game last year? Was the last time the Eagles really impressed on the road? They squeaked through the Giants at the end of the regular season. The playoffs were obviously all at home, and they're zero and two on the road this year. The Seattle game going back last year. Like, let's find a way to play better road football uh, from an Eagles perspective. All right, uh, real quick for me, the next three games, okay? Because I and I hate lumping them together. I know in the NFL you got to go week to week, but you talked about the Vikings and the revenge game. They're playing for their playoff lives. They fall too far behind the Packers and the Bears. I don't care how much talent they have. They'll be battling for a wild card. Uh, wild card. So this game, absolutely massive at home. Then you have the short week going to New York Thursday night football. That's scary. Short week. On the road, never easy. And then you top it off, you go to London the week after that. This football team better be very damn careful with how they prepare and approach the next three games. If they are not ready, this could be a team that all of a sudden isn't 5-3 and three at the bye or 6-2 and two at the bye. They could be below 500 licking their wounds. Your thoughts on that? No, I mean, the first four weeks of the schedule was the easiest part of the schedule. So you're absolutely right. It's only going to get harder from here. And you make a great point with playing better road football. Like, honestly, God, like, if you don't play better road football, you're going to be not playing football when it matters in the playoffs. And it's nice that they always take care of business at home. Hopefully this is another week. Listen, Carson Wentz hasn't had his full, you know, full host of weapons yet. So when everybody gets healthy, we'll see if that makes a difference. But I mean, these are going to be some desperate football teams. The Giants is always, it's, it's a division game. That's going to be difficult. Nobody wants to go see Jacksonville's defense. I got news for you. That defense is ridiculous. So, and then you're going to be at a neutral site. So, it, it's going to be tough sledding, but the time to turn around is right now. And no Corey Clement last week. That was a surprise to yours truly. Darren Sproles still been out. Uh, again, not hurt. willing to push the panic Corey button. Definitely hurt. But yeah. it's been frustrating. So, to me, clean up the What's details the next couple of weeks. Protect Wentz. And don't allow those yeah, two plays course. on D. And, and this and team will be better. They'll be, I don't want to say fine, they'll be better. Yeah by just protecting the quarterback and, and playing smart, fundamental football. I think the defense is talented enough, I think you agree, to keep them in every game. Well, the defensive line should be dominating yes. the line in scrimmage yes. right now. The only one that you can say that you put your cap to that's always there every game is Fletcher Cox. Derek Barnett's been pretty good as well. Brandon Graham, kind of MIS. Um you know, so Michael Bennett, not time. used enough or not My, productive enough. I don't know. Or just not getting sacked. I mean, so, and the other thing is, too, real quick, you know, before, like, the 4th and 15 play, okay, oh, 15 God. yards. The fact that they allow somebody to run an 18-yard out, and I know you're playing, like, a zone concept, 
when you drop that many people in coverage. Yeah. But what was Corey Graham doing? I don't know. Okay, if there is one man in your area, then that don't He doesn't go behind becomes, you. He doesn't go behind it becomes you. Man, right. It becomes man-to-man football. Yeah. At that point, anybody comes in your zone, he's your responsibility. Again, that's, that's Absolutely a... Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's and a brain fart. That's a mental yeah. mistake. That's not. That's not a fundamental. Right. That's you know. And again, if that was again, if that was Ronnie McLeod, would that mistake it would have happened? I don't know. All right, here real quick, since my rant yeah. is going to pale in comparison, you you got something yeah. in your crawl that you told yeah. me earlier today. Yeah. Uh, the the new Monday Night Football crew is atrocious. Huh. Uh, <laughs> Joe Tessator, uh, uh, every Tessie? single snap is the is the biggest. I I can't stand the overhyped guy. And Joe Tessator, like to me, Joe Buck is a borderline overhype on a first down and how great this is. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, oh my gosh. And then two plays later, uh, Mahomes really being tested here. This is his biggest test yet. First down, oh, he delivers again. Calm down, man. Calm down. I know it's exciting. I know he wants to make an impression. It's Monday Night Football. But early on, I have not been impressed. Jason Witten is terrible. I'll leave it at that. The Cowboys suck. And and Booger McFarlane out on like a sky like on a moving boom crane. He's the best part of that. Oh, and he's not even Booger. good. He's not even good. And I don't uh, enjoy I, it. The other day he wasn't even paying attention to what they were talking about. Monday Night Football. They threw it to him. He was like, "Oh well, you know, it's big third down here." And they were like, "Booger, it's fourth down." Like, wake up. All right, Monday Night Football fail so far. Major fail. All right, Johnny, meet all you, Bubba. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ta- I'm gonna change this rant to the college football ranks and my beloved Penn State Nittany Lions. Okay, they were in a crucial game versus the Ohio State Buckeyes. Set the stage. It's fourth and five. What happens? Penn State, eh? Ohio State, they want to call a timeout. They weren't ready for the formation. Then what happens? Uh, Penn State doesn't like what Ohio State said. They're gonna call a timeout. Like three timeouts in a row. So you're anticipating this great play call, right? Penn State's down 26 24, like under a minute and a half to go. Fourth and five. Come on. Let's rip off one of the best play calls ever. No. No. That's not what happened. James Franklin, they called a shotgun handoff draw on fourth and five. Now, I, I got to be honest with you. If, if nobody wants to else to burn that play in the playbook, it's fourth and five, James. Fourth and five, okay? Fourth and five. That means when you hand the ball off in a shotgun handoff scenario, your fourth and five becomes now fourth and eight and fourth and nine. It's such a disadvantage. If there is one missed block on that particular play, the chances of you executing it is as good as the chances of me walking on water, for Christ's sake. So, I don't know where you got that play call. I know you want to burn that up in the book. I know last year against Ohio State, you did a similar stupid play on third down. Had to settle for a field goal. McSorley, QB keep. He got stunned. It's just, honest to God, it's a fireable offense. Whoever made that play call, I know James Franklin took the bullet. Then he wants to come to this press conference and come out and say, like, with all his histrionics and all his crap, he wants to talk about, well, I want to get to an elite level. Well, if you want to get to an elite level, put the ball in the hands of your quarterback and let him make the damn play. My God. That was so aggravating to watch that horse crap to play call. I mean, 
honestly, I've been watching football. I'm 39 years old. I've been watching football for like 20, 30 years. And that is the worst play call on fourth down that I've ever witnessed. So, James, do yourself a favor. Take that play card for that call, dig a hole somewhere in Happy Valley, throw it in there, and forget about it. Never call that stinking play again. I love it. Andy Reid actually is proud that you put somebody with a worse play call ahead of him. So, good job there. Yeah, and Chip Kelly, he was notorious for the old shock and handoff on fourth down. Give me a break. All right. All right, brother. Good job. Go Birds. Get a dub. Get us back in positivity. I don't like this negative nonsense. Now, now. I'm going to be in Myrtle Beach. So yeah. Nothing negative. Enjoy the golf outing. For, five for John Mita, Joe O'Donnell. Love you, brother. Always a pleasure. Always, brother. Brotherly Always. Love thanks Podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening. Tune in. Spread the love. Till next time. We'll see Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.